On tonight's show, we have entertainment host and show producer, Mia Denae. And now, for your host, Cool Park. What's up, good people? Episode 13, yes, we are here. We are in the building. I have a, another guest for you guys. Oh, man. This is a good one here because um, I've known this guest for a while. And uh, she's an entertainment host. She does a lot of things in media. She's doing some good things. Uh, so we're going to have some fun talking about what she is doing and where she's going. But look, little recap. Episode 12 last week. Uh, we had like Paul. He was a, he's a youth um, care worker, a teacher. You might as well say he's like a street preacher, street preacher, pastor, whatever have you. But the boy is doing his thing in the community. He's like a young Martin Luther King out in Birmingham, Alabama, right? Birmingham, Alabama, man, out there doing his thing. He's saving lives. He's directing these kids in the right direction. Y'all make sure you go, you go check him out. He's on Instagram at uh, LP Like Paul. Yes, it's LP Like Paul. On Instagram and on Facebook. So check him out. He's doing real good things in the community. But let's get into this show. Mia Denae. We have to bring her in with a good little introduction so you can see exactly what she does, because she does a thing. And um, yeah, we're gonna talk, man. We're gonna talk. Let's get into it. Let me let me just shut up. Here we go. Hey, I'm Mia Danae, and this is The Real Effect, and we're out here at the Power Her Awards. We are celebrating amazing women that have changed the game. We have Wendy Williams, Soledad O'Brien, Miss Diddy, so many amazing women, and I'm giving you a sneak peek. Stay tuned. Here with Soledad O'Brien, who is... There, I can't even describe her. She's just an amazing woman. She does so many <laughs> great things. Hey, I'm Mia Danae, and I am here with the lovely Don Shea Hopkins, and we are here for her March of Dimes fundraiser at Hit House, where we just did a crazy workout. Well, you guys mostly did the workout. I was watching a little bit. Hey, this is The Real Effect with Mia Danae, and I am so excited to be in Harlem right now for the premiere of Black Panther at the Magic Johnson Theater. It's a family affair for you guys tonight. Tell yes. me who all came out. Absolutely. Uh, first of all, it's my mom's 75th birthday. She's our matriarch in the family, so my brothers and their, their children will be here. Welcome to the show. We have Mia Danae. Thank you Thank so much. You. Oh, that was nice. I like that little intro. I didn't know you cut up my videos like that. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I told you I needed that content. I was going to put it all together for you. You know, introduce you the right way. You did. I appreciate it. <laughs> no doubt. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time out of your busy schedule to, uh, you know, embrace what I'm doing here and to just be transparent for all the viewers who want to know exactly what you do, how you do it. You might be able to help somebody do that thing. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no. Um, I appreciate you having me on. Like, I, it's always love between us. So, like, any way I can support what you're doing, I'm all for it. Definitely, definitely. We're still waiting for you to move to Atlanta. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> L.A. might be the next move. L.A. might be. L.A. is the move. I can tell you that, man. I miss <laughs> L.A. so much. Oh, my God. Have you ever lived out there? Um, I did for three months after college. Okay. I did an internship out there for a little bit. And you're asking yourself why you left, huh? 
Well, I mean, <laughs> like it's it's I don't it's like got dark. My dad was basically sick. That's why I moved oh, back okay, to the East Coast. Okay. <laughs> so okay. I was like turn real fast. But I do miss the sunniness, the great weather, things like that. Yeah. But I yeah. definitely don't regret staying on the East Coast. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Family first, man. You gotta take care of family always. So yeah. that's a good reason to go back. But now it's time to go back the other way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, but you got some good things going on in New York. You got some good things. So, I mean, being in New York is not a bad thing, right? Yeah, I have a lot going on. I mean, um, I'm working for Condé Nast. I'm an associate producer. So that's been a blessing. That's been like my dream job for right now. Yeah. Um, doing like solo projects with the real effects. Uh, I'm producer of this web series called Hotline that should be coming out soon. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I saw when you were casting for that. Yeah, yeah. So we just, I think we just finished last weekend. I couldn't make the last few shoots, but we did a trailer. We did a crazy fundraising um, drive. We raised like $15,000 for it. Oh, wow. So So you did meet your goal. Yep, we met our goal. So it's been a lot of support. Um, it's basically Hotline is about a transgender lawyer that becomes, um, she starts looking like a murder suspect after her sister goes missing. So oh, wow. she starts working for a suicide hotline and then her sister goes missing and then detectives start putting clues together and thinking she's the murderer. So it's, it's interesting. Uh, I'm excited to see how people react to it. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. What platform are you going to release it on? Um, right now it's just YouTube, but we're definitely like pitching it out there. We have some really good contacts within our group. So we're trying to get it picked up somewhere. I mean, YouTube's a great platform. I know there's a lot of web series out there that are doing really well. Oh Oh, yeah, for sure. Giants, Issa Rae started on, um, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, There's, there's a lot. Tough Love, Black and Sexy TV. There's so many of them. Yeah, man. YouTube is, hey, right here. We're on YouTube right now. (laughs) 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 <laughs> trying to make a way, <laughs> trying to make a way. So let, so let me ask you this. For someone who is out there watching this and they're like, you know, I kind of want to get into the, you know, to the media industry or to the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe they don't know exactly what they want to do. How was it for you when you felt like when you decided, hey, media is what I want to do? What were some of the first steps that you took to kind of get your feet wet, to, you know, just kind of feel your way around the industry? Yeah, I mean, I was blessed to be able to go to college and actually have, like, so many resources available to me. So I went to UNC originally to be a sports journalist, and I didn't get into the journalism school. My GPA wasn't hitting it, so I switched over (laughs) to mass communication, which was, like, an amazing forced um, move Mm -hmm. because I really learned how to work the cameras. I learned about, um, storytelling in a different way than just being a journalist. Right. So, and then I eventually started getting in front of the camera too, which was really dope. Um, but for anyone that's, that's like out of college, I always tell them to look at their like local resources. And what I mean by that is like one, looking at the library, maybe seeing if they have any programs, also looking into, um, public access television. That's really how mm-hmm. um, I really got started in yeah. New York because it was like, I don't have any resources. Like I'm not a college student anymore. Like right. I can't afford a camera right now. But 
the public access channel in New York gave classes for free at the time. Mm-hmm. All you had to do was register and you, you were supposed to be a resident of New York City. But, you know, I had a little hookup. Right, so right, right, right. <laughs> I made it work. I finessed it. Um, and that's how I started my first show. That's how I really started learning how to, like, produce content and really just trying to figure out, like, how to grab people's attention, like, what type of format should I be using, things like that. So, yeah, public access television, public access radio is always, like, my go-to when it, Anytime somebody asks me, like, how do I get into this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can agree with that. I can agree with that because you can get loads of knowledge, loads of experience for free. Yeah. For free. You know, like you said, you started out with classes and then you can connect with people, network up there and get on one of the shows up there. You know, and you can start out just helping out and then it can, you know foster into something else and that's crazy because let's go back to college and then we're going to go back to public access so mm-hmm. i started out as a veterinarian science major right <laughs> because i love animals so okay. i wanted to help animals but then i realized i'm like you know what i don't want to see them hurt every day i don't want to no. have to operate on them every day right yeah and then i switched over to a biology major and i was like well i'll just go help you know gorillas in the congo you know and stuff like that i'll go <laughs> on some of those initiatives and then um but I was all, you know, I was I was rapping and I was acting and I was modeling or whatever. So I was like, you know what? I don't really know if I want to do that no more. So I switched to mass communications too. So I don't know. That's how my little journey started. But fast forward to the public access. I actually did like public. It was, it was an FM station, but it's still kind of like public access radio. So I got my feet wet, you know, doing radio and stuff like that. And that helped me kind of open up with the hosting and the, you know, interviewing and all that. So, yeah, man. I think that's key. So for anybody that's in a market who feels like, oh, I can't reach my uh, potential or my goals or my dreams because I'm not in, say, like a L.A. or a New York or Atlanta or whatever. No, you can start right where you are. Yeah. Every state has one. Like I, I actually started making an inventory of every state's public access channels. I'm still working on it because there's so many for each state. Like every, sometimes every city within the state has their own public access channel. But yeah, there there are plenty of resources. Sometimes you have to pay, but if I'm only paying like two hundred dollars, to learn how to use all this equipment and I have access to it, I can make my own show. It's kind of worth it. And look, listen, and just the entrepreneur in me, when you compile that list, you can sell it as an ebook. Oh yeah, yeah. You understand? I'm working on it. So that's an ebook. You, you don't have to hit them over the head with it, but you know, hey, get a little something for your time, you know. And then also, when you make your own shows, then you could send your show to other channels and other um, states. Yeah. It's harder. Certain cities they won't let you do it, but say New York, they're always accepting content. So if you're in Atlanta, oh, wow. you have your own show. You could send in your show to New York and have people watching it in New York. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So, so what, 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 um, what inspired you or kind of set off a light bulb in your head to start your own YouTube show? Cause I know you said that kind of catapulted you into the direction of where you were trying to go into the job that you have now. Yeah. Yeah. So I originally started off with this, uh, talk show called Hey Mia. Cause I always wanted to like, ah, I remember a- that. Yeah, I always wanted to kind of have a late night talk show where I have like musical performances because I love like music in general, especially yeah. live performances. And um, 
I would do like segments and it just started becoming too much, like trying to do a, a was it 23 minute episode Yeah, uh, is a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. So after I did that for about maybe like almost a year, I released like maybe 10 episodes of it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yo, I have to figure out how to make content faster. Like, what am I going to do? Because I need to build this portfolio. I want to get on red carpets, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so I started watching other YouTube channels like BET, Complex News. I really liked their uh, news segment that they would have. And I would be watching it. And I'm like, yo, I could do this. Like, <laughs> they're not all that. <laughs> right. Right. So I started taking pieces of Complex News and I took pieces of um, BET show. I can't remember the name right now, but um, their new show. And I just kind of made my own show, The Real Effect. Mm-hmm. And that's how I kind of started. I started talking about black entertainment news, things that I thought were interesting. Like I had one episode about um, the top black streaming services or presents that you oh, can wow. get any black film lover. And it would be like card games that were featuring um, Living Single or Martin. So like I've little seen things those like cards. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen those cars. Actually, on Instagram. Somebody was selling on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zumble. Like, it's like it's brought... Just doing that show alone has connected me to so many different people. It's really been, like, a blessing in disguise. Um, so that's kind of why I started it, because I was like, I need to build my own portfolio, and right. I can't um, take a whole month to create a TV show. I need to, like, do it a lot faster. Cool, cool, cool. And and see that that's another thing. That's another little nugget that I hope that the viewers could take away. It's like stop waiting around on people to say, Hey, come on with me and let me help you. Like start. Just start. Yeah. You may not even know what you're doing, but the doing is more than doing nothing. You know what I'm saying? Just start and you will learn you will learn along the way. Do your research, read books. That's what books are for. You got the internet, you got Google, you have YouTube, just do it. You know what I mean? Don't wait around on anybody to say, hey, come aboard on what we're doing and let me help you. Like that will come in time because guess what? If you do what you know what you, if you do what you want to do, and even if you don't know what the hell you're doing, (laughs) but you can make it look like you know what you're doing, eventually, eventually people will be like, you know, what you're doing is kind of dope. How about you, you know? We team up or we collaborate. And there you go. That's how it works. Yeah. People start believing in your faith. And I, I started realizing that. And I feel like specifically when I moved to New York, because New Yorkers have the slickest tongue. They will convince <laughs> you to buy anything. So, yeah. like, New Yorkers are always so hyped. They're on their P. Diddy for real. Like, so I had to get to the point with my show where I was like, why, like, I was telling people, you need to watch my show. This is why you need to watch it. Like, I was aggressive with it. Right. And some people would look at me crazy about it. Like you can't force people. And yeah. I'm like, I know I can't, but if you say you're my friend, exactly. You support me, then you need to be watching, click it, repost it. I'm sending it to you. Repost it. <laughs> so. Man, listen, we, I talk about this so much on my show with, with just guests. Like why? No one's obligated to do anything. But if you say you support me and you're my friend, what does it take for you to just hit that like button? What does it take for you to tag three people? Because I do that all the time. I, if I see somebody doing their thing like you, I'll, you know, you post, I'll, if I see it, I'll tag three people. Or I'll tag Complex Magazine or whoever. You know what I'm saying? What does it take to do that? But all that 
that little that little bit of effort could mean a lot. Cause what if Complex Mag does see you and be like, you know what? I kinda I kinda like her. Let's uh-huh. reach out to her. You know what I'm saying? Like you just never know what could come out of it. And you got a fan, by the way, I don't know who this is, Southern Style two two eight. They said, um, they're gonna check you out. Oh, please do. Yeah. Thank you. They're great guests. I'll check her out. I think I know who that is. I'm not sure, but thank you. <laughs> thank you, Southern Style two two eight. We appreciate that. <laughs> Yes, yeah. for sure. But yeah, so just don't sit there and wait on anybody. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. You could be in the most rural town. Mm-hmm. If you have TV and radio, guess what? Somebody's broadcasting that. Go and talk to somebody. Start somewhere. Like some of the biggest names started in the smallest towns. They started college radio. If there's a local college, even a community college, guess what? Nine times out of 10, they probably have a radio station. So true. I wish I would have thought of these things when I was younger because I was like, I like I'm from a really small town. So I was mm-hmm. like, I could have been that girl. Like I could have been on the radio. I could have yep. been going around the little towns and stuff. Exactly. So there's, there's just so much opportunity out there, like with the Internet, especially. So there's no reason that you shouldn't step out on a limb and create something. It's going to be crappy in the beginning. Like everybody's content is crappy in the beginning, but it will get better over time. Right. Yeah. And you just got to go for it and just figure it out. Seriously. So, okay. So we're going to get into the Condé Nast and the HBO. I know you work there and all that, but before, like what were some of the challenges that you met trying to get to where you are now and how did you overcome them? Um, I mean, when I first moved to New York, I moved here when I was 20. I had just turned 22 mm-hmm. and I, I legit, I didn't know anyone. I moved out here. I had an opportunity to work at BT's 106 and park mm-hmm. for respect my boat. I was doing that once a week. I wasn't getting paid. Um, a few months after that, my dad passed. So I went through a really, really like tough time. Like I was in a depression. Right. Um, so for me, it was like, even though I went to a college and I, there was access in the sense of like, I could reach out to my, you know, alumni and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but that just wasn't my mentality. So my mentality right. was like, dang, I, I don't know anybody. Like, how am I going to make this happen? Mm-hmm. So my first thing was I, was, I started working like three jobs and it was like, <sighs> I was working at... <laughs> <laughs> I was I working at like a restaurant early in the morning, 7 a.m. to lunchtime. Oh and then God. I would go to the YMCA and watch the kids after school for a few hours. And then after that, I would go to the Gap and close with the Gap. And oh, I would do that at God. least like three times a week where I'm working three jobs a day. Um, and so I was just saving up money to get my own camera equipment. And I eventually became a freelancer. And that's when I really like started meeting people and building my network when I really got out there and put myself in uncomfortable positions where I was like, right. I really don't even know how to edit this video like you want, but I'm going to try. We're going to like, I'm just going to, you're just fail, doing it. Fail forward. Right. That's right. But, um, I think that was one of the hardest things for me is I couldn't get into the rooms that I wanted to be in. I didn't know how to get the jobs that I wanted to get. And it really, like, I really had to build my network and I feel like, in any industry, it's really who you know, but especially in entertainment, regardless of its music or television. Absolutely. It, it really is who you know. And it's also my biggest thing is I will email somebody three, four times. Like, I do not care. Like, yeah. 
Yes, I'm, I'm follow up queen. So <laughs> that's how I got my HBO job. Um, I interviewed for a CBS position, didn't get the job, and I just followed up with him. And I was just like, thank you so much for the opportunity. He liked me so much that he referred me to his friend, um, who was my boss at HBO, Veronique. Mm. Interviewed with her, and she was like, you know, you're just a little too green. Like, I, I can't, you know, I can't okay. bring you on. But for my next project, I'll bring you on. And, you know, followed up with her. Thank you for the opportunity, blah, blah. Didn't even think about it. Literally, what, six or seven months later, she hit me up and was like, I have, like, a new show I'm working on. I would love you for you to work with me. And so she, I was her first hire. She hired me in, like, November. And we didn't start till mid-January on that show. Oh, wow. So, yeah. It's that was really the HBO? That was for HBO, yeah. Wow, okay. Yes, yeah, so I worked oh. on the plot against America, which the trailer just dropped a few weeks ago. Actually, <laughs> um, that was a really interesting experience. That was my first full time um, entertainment job. Mm. Mind you, I've been in New York for seven years. I've right. been freelancing, and that was my first full time job. Hey man, you had so, to pay them dues. You put in that yeah, work. Yeah, you really do. So um, that was a learning experience. It taught me that I don't necessarily like production in that sense. Like the 12-hour, 14-hour days. Oh, it's, not, it's not my cup of tea. Grueling. Listen, <laughs> yeah. when I go to set, when you know I book an acting job or something, I go to set, listen, I, my call time may be 7, 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. Production is there before me. Oh, yeah. Look, look, when I rap at 12, 1 in the morning, production is there. still there. <laughs> Exactly. Hell no. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. I was, I was, I mean, I was just an office assistant, but like <laughs> even that, I was just like, I don't know if this is for me. So, um, during while I had that job, mm -hmm. I was still out networking, trying to put myself out there, and I did a. Um, this is also an amazing resource if you're in New York. I highly suggest the Ghetto Film School. I know the name sounds crazy, but it is the Ghetto Film School. It's a okay. nonprofit in New York, in the Bronx, and they help high school students. Um, basically, they have their own film, film academy for high school students. But the mm. cool thing about them is they have a roster, a film roster, where you can sign up for free, and they send you jobs, and you don't have to be in high school. You could be any age. Um, oh, wow. So that's what, yeah, I found out about that. And okay. The Ghetto. Them, I the Ghetto film school <laughs> i need to tell somebody about that actually yeah, yeah. thank you for so, that through them i got my first um assistant editor job i was working for um this company cornhaber brown making content for pbs and mtv oh, wow. and through them i went to this workshop at Condé nast and um it was it was cool it was a panel where we got to sit in with um a lot of the executives got to talk to them Got a few executives information. And once again, I was that follow-up queen and I was hitting up the executive and he was like, okay, I'm going to pass you off to my, my, yeah. uh, I don't want to say lower help, but his other coworkers. Yeah. And, um, they didn't really get back to me, but like two months later I hit him up. I was like, Hey, I have my website up now, giving you an update on what I'm doing. They eventually got back to me. I eventually got an interview. It was a, it was a really long process, but um, I started the HBO job in January. I got my Condé Nast job in August and I have been wow. interviewing with Condé Nast since maybe like May. Mm -hmm. So 
yeah, I was, I was persistent. I was constantly hitting them up, and then I finally got that job. So. And what do you do there? I'm an associate producer for the development team. Okay. So I basically help create new shows. And when I say shows, these are YouTube shows for all of their magazine brands. So that includes, there's like 18 brands, but some of them are like Allure, Glamour, Teen Vogue, oh, wow. Vanity Fair, Vogue, okay. um, GQ, Bon Appetit, Wired, Epicurious. So it's 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 a plethora of um, brands that wow. I think we get to work on and pitch shows for. And it's something I specifically prayed for. I was like, I want a job that allows me to be creative. Right. Um, I want to be a part of a team that um, appreciates my input and respects it. And I also want to have an opportunity to host. And with this, I can eventually get on camera. I can pitch my own show. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, it's a lot of opportunity there. I'm thankful for it. Man, that's great. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. persistence, persistence. It pays off, man. It does. (laughs) It pays off. That is great. I figured out who this is over here, too. This is, um, I think it's my cousin Charles. Yeah, we need to see more people like her. She is a great example that your grind is a talent. Absolutely, Uh, man. Thank you. Kudos, kudos. So, Condé Nast is like almost like the fashion house that, you know, like Prada and all them belong to. So, you got all these magazines underneath them, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know about Prada, but yeah, the Vogue's, the Vanity Fairs, okay. um, yeah, fashion and beauty. Okay, yeah, that's dope. So, all right, so let me ask you this because I know you host as well. Mm-hmm. And you do these yeah. like, interviews and stuff, and so is that something that you do with your job, or is that something that you're doing on the side? It's still on the side for me. Okay. Um, when it comes to me. Being in a position to do that at my job, I would have to move up into more of like a director position. Okay. But that's that's definitely a possibility for me within the next year. So that's cool. Okay. Um, it's just about paying my dues and really learning how the company runs. Right. So it so tell us how do you network your way into getting these hosting jobs and and interviewing these people like um you have, uh who did you. My last one was Ebony Obsidian, yes. who is on um, BET Sisters, yes. and it's really just about uh, knowing the industry, and I've been following her um, for years. She was on this web series called Tough Love, mm-hmm. and I actually ran into her in the city once, oh, and wow. um, yeah, and that was like two years ago, and it didn't work out for us to get an interview, but you know, I followed up, <laughs> and um, <laughs> Her PR person was like, yeah, we would love to have an interview. And so oh, that's, that's how it happened. But a lot of the times it's really about me um, just always constantly searching and finding out. Like, I love black talent. Like, right. I love putting people on to other black talent. And I watch mad web series. I was watching um, a Netflix movie the other day. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's him. That's her. Oh, my goodness, she was in this. <laughs> I was, like, so hyped to see all these people that I've been watching for so long right. actually make it on a bigger platform. So yeah, um, you kind of, like, I kind of just know people from being at events. And I kind of just, you know, stay in contact, really. Um, and people look out. So, like, I'll, I'll be interviewing you soon. Like, you know, so, like, the... <laughs> The energy is mutual. You meet good people. You stay connected. Right. That's dope, man. That's dope. Yeah, so stuff like that, I know people want to know because they'll see, you know, people at these events and they're hosting and they're on the red carpets and they're doing interviews. And 
but they don't know how to get there, you know? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll give y'all some info. <laughs> so basically with the red carpets is um, you really have to know the publicist. That's the biggest way for you to get on a red carpet okay. is if you know publicists because they put these events together. It's not necessarily about knowing um, the platform like Baller Alert right. or whatever. It's about knowing who who booked Baller Alert to be on the red carpet. That's who you need to know. Okay. And that's that's the publicist. Um, okay. And there are a lot of big companies like Allied Moxie, but there are a lot of smaller companies that you could start with and. So I would say start with smaller events. Maybe it's like a one-day conference and they just right. happen to have, um, I don't want to say a C-list celebrity, but they, you know, they have somebody that's well-known but isn't like a J. Cole or a Mary J. Blige. Right. And so it's easier for you to get get in that room. Also, a lot of times, just show up with your camera. I showed up to a, um, Spike Lee was having like a 20th anniversary <laughs> for He Got Game. And I, I emailed them. I was like, yo, can I come? Can I be PR or can I be pressed? Yeah. Never got an answer. I just showed it with my camera. And um, Spike was there and I filmed the event and he didn't say anything. And so I got free content. Oh, and wow. So that, that's from when you uh, you had the picture with him? Yeah, he wouldn't let me do an interview with him, but he let me get a picture. So I was happy. <laughs> you just bum rushed the party. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it works. Correct. And I got it for free. I didn't pay for a ticket. Hey, so, you, you must have looked like you belong there. I mean, sometimes you just got to kind of play the role and just move, right? That goes a long way, too. Just being confident and acting yeah. like you belong in the room will take you a long way. Absolutely, man. <laughs> That's crazy. That's too funny. Hey, also, I want to talk to you about um, you were doing two things. You were doing, you did the Ween Academy. Mm -hmm. Talk about yeah. that. Like, how did that help you in your career and where you're going because I know you, you you networked it's a good networking yeah yeah uh, situation I guess I want to say but yeah tell us a little bit about that yeah the Wien Academy was really great for me um I did it at a time where I was like man like I don't I was really getting down on myself I was really thinking about like quitting entertainment I was like I don't know what else wow. to do and I got in thankfully at the cutoff age. I was 26, and you can't be older than 26. Okay. Um, so with that, it's a four-week academy where they teach you basically how to navigate the entertainment industry, and um, they give you challenges. You get to go to different um, uh, companies like BET and mm -hmm. Viacom, and we went to excuse me, we went to Bloomberg, and you just get to see a lot of different jobs in entertainment. And so for me, I think the biggest thing I learned about that is um, they always say just do the work. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like I was doing that before, but now there was a certain, um, I don't know, there was just more, a certain confidence that I have from it. And they really teach you how to be a lot more strategic, you know, really teaching you how, how the industry works. Um, I didn't really understand PR publicist before I learned that in the Ween Academy. Okay. And um, it's just also a camaraderie. It's a sisterhood. That's another reason I did it. Right. Is because I wanted that type of sisterhood. And so I've met some of my closest friends through the Ween Academy. And um, I definitely, like every year, I, I definitely promote it because right. I think it's something that can help a lot of women, especially um, women like Gia Peppers. She came from the Ween Academy and she's doing amazing things now um so yeah it was it was a good thing for me and is the ween academy only in new york 
It is, yes, okay. only in New York. Unfortunately, they canceled this year's audition. It was supposed to be next month, but they canceled it because of the coronavirus. Oh, um, okay. But you can definitely follow them. You can reach out to any of the... A lot of the women are very receptive. Um, you can reach out to me also. I don't mind, like, giving information or helping out any way I can. But um, I actually knew the founder before I even auditioned for the Ween Academy. I didn't even tell her I was auditioning. Mm-hmm. I just showed up. Cause I didn't want to have any, you know, bias or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So, but a lot of the women are very open to um, just just being a helping hand and helping another woman. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. they should have. I mean, they, they should try to expand that and and you know go from city to city or something and do. Cause I mean, I think um, I was just kind of checking it out when you when you were in it, and I just thought like, wow, this is this is great. You know, it's great for you know networking connections and like I said, just getting those tools that you, a lot of people don't want to tell you, you know? Yeah, yeah. I wish they had one for men. Like, that's what I honestly, like, wish they had more of these organizations for men because I don't really see them like that. Um, so guess what? When, what's that? When you have time, you should start one. You know, that's a possibility. <laughs> I got to get this money right first, and then yeah. I can pull my resources together. For sure, for sure. You could start a nonprofit. Yeah, you know? for sure. That's very true. You can do that. I mean, you can give people to volunteer their time. It's, listen, you are in New York City. There are <laughs> there. Listen, there's a huge, huge community of people out there with skills, talent. They've been to the top. They may not be there anymore, so to speak, that are willing <laughs> to donate their time. Oh, yeah, that's true. And even people that are still at the top or whatever you want to call it, you know, they'll donate their time. And look, and you know how to talk to people. You know how to be persistent. You know how to follow up. (laughs) (laughs) You can get some people to donate their time to do that. I think they would do that because it's for a good cause and it could just change people's lives, you know? True. You got people out there that want to do stuff like that and just don't have the right opportunity. Some, you know, things just don't spark their attention or spark their interest to, to do it. But if it's the right thing, they'll do it. You know? That's true. I actually hadn't thought about it. I've thought about it in the sense of like, where are these organizations? Where are they at? But I never thought like, oh, I could do it. Exactly. <laughs> A lot, we all do it though. We all do it. I'm telling you, I'll say, I, listen, sometimes I'll be talking about something and someone will be like, well, why don't you just do it? And I'll be like, oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I have a passion to do that, but, you know, but also, yeah, you got to have a passion to do it. Uh-huh. So, but if you want to, then yeah, do that. I think it'd be good. Let's talk about real quick. We're going to wrap it up, but I want to talk about two other things. I said one, but we're going to talk about two. You recently uh, went and did like an acting class. Are you trying to get your feet wet into the... Yes, <laughs> I did. <laughs> so I, I feel like I've always secretly wanted to be an actress. Mm-hmm. Um, so the opportunity came where Notori Houghton was, um, she was like helping assist as a coach for an acting class with um, Wendy. Ooh, I forget her last name. It's, um, she's a very well-known acting coach in, in New York. Mm-hmm. She does, like, all of the black actors. Okay. Um, so I did it, and I've never taken a, like, professional acting class. I took, like, right. an acting class in college once. Um, so I went with one of my friends, Marco Glorious, and it was, like, 70, 75 people there, and they split us up into groups, and they were, like, um, she had, like, scripts from Power. She had, like, four oh, or five okay. different scripts. Yeah, and she was, like... 
you know, if you want to do it, you can do it. If you don't, you can just watch. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't come and pay this money. Right. To, do to just sit there. So, yeah. So I picked the scene with um, me, Tasha, and a ghost. Uh -huh. And it was like a really intense scene where I'm like fussing him out and he's being disrespectful as usual. And <laughs> so um, it was a good push. Like, it was such a good experience. Um, and the Tory, she actually said, like, she enjoyed watching me perform, which was like amazing to me. I was That's like, oh. um, so yeah, so it's something I definitely want to pursue more. And I know it will help me with my like hosting skills. And um, I've had people tell me before that like I'm a pretty good actress when I've just done stuff for like um, like shorts or web series and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I should really take it a little more seriously and you take should. some classes. Yeah. Good. That's dope. You should. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think you I think you do great at it. So I yeah, because I remember I, I commented on your on your uh on your audition. Oh yeah, hey, you gotta don't turn your back to the audience. You was like, um Notori was the audience. I was like, oh, okay. My bad. Yeah, so my friend was like, Who was that commenting? I'm like, it's cool, I know him, I know him. <laughs> About to get me. Wow. Um, so the last thing I wanna ask you is about you donating prom dresses to high school girls yeah like, so that's philanthropy work so tell me about how that came about um did you did you buy the dresses with your own money did you get someone to donate them and how did you choose the girls like how did all that work for you um so i've been doing this for about four years it'll be my fifth year and it's actually gonna be my last year doing it okay um but it came about where i just had I had like several prom dresses in my closet. I had like three or four. Okay. And I was just like, oh, I don't want to just give them the goodwill. Like I actually want to know the girls that I'm giving these dresses to. Right. And so I was like, let me just throw a prom gown giveaway. I was like, this should be easy. Like, <laughs> so I just had a few friends like donate dresses to me. And um, the first year I actually got, how many dresses? I, I got around like 75 to 100 dresses donated. It was yeah. a lot of dresses. Where'd you put all that? Me. They're in storage. They're <laughs> in storage. Um, <laughs> but it was so crazy because I like randomly, I think it was my second year and I was doing an event. I was like trying to have an event and raise money. Mm -hmm. And I basically just broke even. But um, through that event, I had some people come donate dresses and some one man was just walking by and they were just like, oh, what's this? And um, she worked for, I forgot what company she worked for, but it was it was a designer company. And so okay. she donated like 15 designer dresses, oh, like, wow. um, like, yeah, like Valentino's and stuff like that. And so um, these girls got designer dresses. And when it came to like the process of picking the girls, I really didn't have a process i kind of the first year i went to a community center in the projects mm -hmm. and that was rough i only had like six girls show up um the second year i did it at the same community center and i had six girls show up again mm -hmm. and i was like okay maybe it's the community center maybe i can't do it here right so um the third year i did it in my apartment complex they have like a um like a community, community office yeah. meeting yeah. room and um, I had like 35 girls show up, which was great. And I also collaborated with um, another nonprofit and they collect 
prom shoes. They collect shoes and then they give them out to different prom gown giveaways. Wow. And so that was cool. So we had gowns, we had shoes for them, we had accessories for them. So every girl got a gown? All 35? Yeah, every yeah, every girl that came. I mean, some girls didn't find anything at all, but 35 girls found gowns and shoes and like a little clutch or something. Right. And and um I had gift bags for them. I had a girl donate some makeup. I had a friend of mine that's an influencer. She donated a whole bunch of makeup. And so I had little gift bags for them. And yeah, so it's just like, it's just my little way to give back. Um, And it's been really good, but it's also very tiring. So I think this year is just going to be my last year doing it. Um, And then it's just a lot keeping all these dresses every year. Yeah, I'm sure. sure. I mean, you could always donate you know kind of cut the fat a little bit but so if you're not going to do that are you going to do anything else in the future like figure something else out that you want to do to kind of give back yeah um i haven't figured that out yet like i like i like to do um habitat for humanity i like working with my hands i I do stuff like that um i'll like give like i'll do the food drive stuff Mm -hmm. i try to donate my time at least once a month so to feel like a good samaritan (laughs) right right that's what's up, man. Get your get your yeah. philanthropy work on. <laughs> exactly. And there's another nonprofit that I know that's um a lot more well organized and a lot more dedicated to young women. It's called the Star Boutique. Okay. And I'll probably partner with them this year to just basically give them the rest of my dresses okay. and um make sure that it gets handled correctly. And I'll I've don't I've uh sorry, I've volunteered my time with them before. So I'll probably just continue to do that in the future. Yeah. I was I was actually gonna say that when you said um give the dresses away through them, maybe that mm-hmm. could be something that you can just kinda hand over to tell to them and see if that's something they'd be interested in doing and then once that time comes back around you can just kinda volunteer your time, you know, donate your time. Yep, that's you know, exactly the plan. They might want to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well listen, I'm gonna wrap this up. It's been great talking with you i appreciate you coming on you've been very informative i hope some people can take away from this and like hey i can do this you know the number one thing is just don't sit on your hands and wait for somebody else to do it for you start where you are even if you're in a rural town and you feel like the walls are closing in on you and there's no opportunity there is opportunity there especially if you're in media, especially if you want to do radio or even YouTube, just do it. YouTube, you can do it right out of your home. Uh And the next thing you know, you got millions of subscribers. Everybody knows you. And, you know, I don't know what you do it for, but you get where I'm going. You could do your thing. You could get a good following and you could make it out. There it is. Agreed. Yeah. Any, Any last words? Are we gonna wrap this up? <laughs> um, oh, tell everybody where to find you and how to get in contact with you. <laughs> me too. Yeah, so I can be found at thereeleffect.tv. So the R E E L, like a film reel effect, that TV. Mm-hmm. And my Instagram is also the real Mia. And I would love to like hear from you guys. Feel free to hit me up with information. I love giving out free info. Free game. Uh, so it's not free anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Listen, y'all better catch her before she does that ebook because that's going to be the first thing. And if you're going to set her off, she charges for everything. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I had to have you. You know, it's been a, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. So it has been, and the next yeah. time I come to New York, we got to get up, man. Because I come out yeah. there. I just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get up for sure. Hey, listen, I appreciate you. And, um, you know, enjoy your evening. And I'm going to do like a year end type of wrap up thing, whatever. At the end of the year, I'll bring some people back on. I might have to reel you back in. Uh, that was good <laughs> <laughs> all right i love that just let me know all right cool i will do all right then till next time hey guys we want to thank you for tuning in thank you thank you thank you make sure you go check her out on instagram therealmia.com no therealmia.com therealmia r-e-e-l and um i'm on instagram cool card make sure you guys subscribe if you got something good out of the show uh like it share it whatever Hope you get something good. Come back next week, Tuesday, every Tuesday night, 10 p.m. I'll have another guest giving free game. All right, we out. Peace.